Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wheat Wheat Don't Tell Me is recorded in front of a live brewery audience the third Thursday of every month at Mountain Lakes Brewing Company in downtown Spokane, Washington. We we don't tell me you're at Mountain Lakes with all of your friends. We we don't tell me you're gonna start talking about craft beer again. We're cracking wise on random craft beer news. Hanging out with brewers, owners, and monsters doing interviews. We we shows, we we shows, we we shows, we we shows. From the brew house stage at Mountain Lakes Brewing Company in downtown Spokane, Washington, this is Wheat Wheat Don't Tell Me, Spokane's craft beer live audience show and podcast. You know, Chris, when I was a kid, I used to play a lot of D at D with my family. Wait a minute. You, do you mean like D and D? No, this was D at D. At family picnics, someone would shout, it's time for a little D at D. I would run around the yard while folks threw lawn darts at me. I never really enjoyed darts at Dave. I'm Dave Basaraba, and here, as always, is your host, Chris Sindrick. Well, thank you, Dave, and thank you, everybody. We are rolling the dice tonight, and coming up big, yes, Spokane's very own Natural 20 Brewings, Reese Carlson, is our special guest tonight. Welcome, Reese. Thank you, thank you. Can I turn the mic on? And as always, I'm joined by Dave Basarab and Tim Hilton of Mountain Lakes Brewing Company. Well, Tim and Dave, what is the latest news with the Spokane craft beer scene and Mountain Lakes? Well, we just brewed our Lester Cup beer. Summer Lester Cup starts August 1st. And what do we brew, Tim? Uh, we brewed uh, the first half of a Radler. We sort of did a, a, a strong, uh, um, uh, like a like a Hellas, a strong Hellas, right. and then uh, we're going to uh, put in basically uh, a barrel worth of um, soda yeah. into So it's the, not going to uh, be a spiked, so it won't be a hard, uh, like, base or lemon base. It'll be just soda. Yep, it's just going to be, a, you know, it's going to be a, a lemon-lime soda. Nice. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah. Just because grapefruit soda syrup was proving to be difficult to find, lemon-lime was readily available. Oh. Yeah. I just learned a new name for uh, Rattlers. They're also called in northern Germany, like uh, Ostrobasser. Have you heard of that? No. Ostrobasser, yeah. like uh, Austrian water? Uh, I can't. I'm probably getting the first part wrong, but it's named after a river, the color of the river or something oh. like that. And then northern Germany, they called it that, yep. like the Ostrobasser. And then in the southern part, it was known as a Rattler. As the Rattler. Yeah. Cool. Which I was and where cool. does the Rattler name come from? The bike chains going up the mountain. Did you know that? The bi- well, and it was well. There's a bunch of stories. Well, that's about the, the true Rattler. one. I just gave you the true so. one. I, I heard it was named after a guy, right? And 
that was his nickname? He was totally rad, right? No, it was a rattler because he he would you know he was a side, tra- well train, one of the train st- up going up the bike up the hills. One of the stories they had bike events and that there was a guy who was running out of beer and then he added the lemonade to the beer to make it go longer because so many people were there and that's how the rattler was formed. Although some people say. It's been in existence forever. When I was a kid living in Germany, we had Rattlers. And the first time I ever had a Rattler, I was playing on a German soccer team, and our coach gave it to us. And I was like, what is this? And he said, it's Rattler. And he didn't speak the best English. And I was like, what's a Rattler? And they're like, a bicycle. Like, it's your training wheels to teach you how to drink. And so that's how I was introduced to it when I was a kid, was the kids drank it because they didn't like the taste of beer, and that smoothed out the bitterness of the beer and made it drinkable. Um, And that made sense to me, but what do I know? I'm going to go back to my story and just say that was the truth. That was the truth. And now you hear the rest of the story. story. We thought we had to add a rattlesnake to the beer at some point. Going to be a rattler. Rattler. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Well, to start to show off, we like to ask important people who work in the craft beer industry questions about what they do and how they do it. It's called Not My Beer. Please welcome tonight's Not My Beer guest from Natural 20 Brewing, owner and brewer, Reese Carlson. Thank you. Well, Reese, uh, it's great to have you on the show. Uh, there's a lot going on with Natural 20, which we'll get into tonight. Um, and we're excited to find out more about what's developing. But let's kind of start at the beginning. What's the backstory of Natural 20 Brewing? How did you enter into the brewing uh, scene and eventually decide to open up a brewery here in Spokane? I mean, it's, it's kind of both a long and short story. Um, my wife and I own, own the brewery. We went to Ireland for our honeymoon um, and absolutely just fell in love with the pub atmosphere. Um, and so we came back and said, hey, why don't we put together like a five-year plan and we can try and figure out how we can either open a pub or a brewery. Um, I had just started homebrewing at the time. And as we you know, put that plan in place, um, I had just made a job transition. And one of my friends is like, hey, I, you know, he owned a brewery. And he's like, hey, why don't you come down, hang out for a brew day. And you know, maybe I can, if you, you want to pick up a few shifts or something, we can talk about that. And it was about halfway through the brew day. He's like, so uh, you want to buy a brewery? And I was, this was you know, two weeks after we'd gotten back from our honeymoon. So we'd, we'd had our five-year plan for two weeks and we're like, uh, buy it? And he's like, yeah, we just don't want to do it anymore. You know, it's not really um, great for our retirement plan. So uh, you want to buy it? So I, you know, immediately I said, uh, yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. So we, we purchased um, what was English Sutter Brewing Company. Um, and that was in 2018. Uh, and given that we had no idea what we were doing running a brewery, um, I'd, I'd managed before. My wife has worked in uh, the service industry for uh, most of her adult life. But we really didn't know how to run a brewery. So we spent a couple years... Uh, fooling around, uh, trying to figure out what we were doing, um, and, and we got comfortable with it and said, okay, now that we've uh, made all the mistakes on a brand that's not really uh, our thing, let's rebrand, let's uh, do a full remodel and uh, come up with what we want as, as a brewery. So we rebranded to Natural 20 um, about two, two and a half, three and a half years ago. I can't count. Uh, right. My wife knows I don't remember what year we got married either, so... Um, and so we rebranded Natural 20 um, shortly this after that. This is a recording, so it will... You should, we should figure out that date and edit it in right there. Yeah, that'd be great. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's the 3rd of October. 3rd of uh, October? Like the October 3rd. 2015, yeah, I, th- I think. Uh, anyways, um, so we uh, rebranded, and then last year, we, uh, we, our lease had been coming up, so we said, hey, let's move the brewery. Um, and so we moved the tap room to a new location in the valley on Sprague, um, and that, that kind of kicked off a, a lot of other things. Right. So then, so for the first year and a half or so, you just stayed as English Setter. 
Um, is that right? You kept the name. And, yeah, we, and we thought it was a great opportunity to make a bunch of mistakes. Right. Um, and be like, oh, yeah, now we're just ruining their recipes. Yeah. yeah. They were, they and were so we, really essentially, good. it wasn't even like that. We learned how to make com- beer commercially because I had been, uh, I went from five gallons to, I did one batch on a really exciting 15 uh, gallon system that I got, and I did one batch, and then I bought a brewery that's a three barrel batch. Um, and so I, I, that kettle's actually still sitting in my garage being used once. Um, but the, we the, learned what we were doing professionally on the brew side, and we also just learned in terms of running a brewery, what keeps people interested? What keeps people coming back? Um, is it about beer? Is it about food? Is it about creating an atmosphere? Um, and really just kind of screwed around until we figured out what we liked doing and what our, our clientele liked doing before we moved forward with uh, the brand that actually mattered to us. Right. Would you mind leaving just a post-it note with the answers to those? <laughs> yeah, I can make that happen. <laughs> so then your, uh, the original location was off Sullivan, Kind of north. Yeah, and it was um, in the industrial park in, right. area. So our original plan was like, yeah, let's try to cater to like these people getting off work. And uh, we found the people who want to get off work uh, want to drink like Miller Lite um, working yeah. in the industrial park. So that, that didn't work terribly well. No. And so then... <laughs> so you, you, didn't, you didn't brew Miller Lite? Um, no. Yeah. No, I, I'd rather just drink water. <laughs> yeah. um, so then you... Uh, you stayed at English Setter, but you changed to Natural 20 while you were still at the Sullivan location, correct? Yeah, yeah. so um, we were there for a couple more years after that rebrand. And then the, just tell us a little bit about the decision to move where you are now, and then also how uh, the background behind Natural 20, the name that you have. Okay, so I mean, when we decided to move, uh, we, just, we had gotten done with our lease there, and we said, this is just not a good location to attract the like neighborhood clientele that we want. And so we found a place that was, you know... Right in the middle of like a residential zone and like a business zone um, in the valley. And so we, we were thinking like, you know, that, let's give ourselves two months, find a new location. It took us about 20 minutes to find a location we fell in love with. So you can tell my time scales are always a little uh, off. Uh, and so we made the decision and started the move process. Um, but when we, the name is actually kind of fun. If, if anyone has played D&D in the audience or Dungeons and Dragons, uh, there we go. Those are my people. Darts at Dave? No? I, I, not, not quite the, no. I'll throw stuff at you, Dave, but it's not quite a game anymore. Um, so uh, Dungeons & Dragons uh, is a game where you roll a lot of dice, and one of the, the dice you roll most frequently is a 20-sided die. And when you roll a 20 on a 20-sided die, regardless of the odds, it's an automatic success. And so that was, uh, it was pitched to me by a friend. He's like, you should do that. And I was like, oh, that's actually a really good idea. And so we took that and ran with it, and uh, it, it turned out great. It, it us converting to a full gaming community like really opened up a lot of doors. And that's kind of your uh, environment, right? You have a significant number of patrons that come that are in the game world. Is that correct? Absolutely. I mean, I'd say probably, you know, uh, I, do not use, I don't use the term nerd derogatorily. I use it as a term of passion. Um, but like the nerd community makes up probably 80, 90% of our clientele. Um, and, and in my belief, everyone's a nerd about something. Um, if you like fantasy football, guess what? You're a nerd. Um, yep. But like, uh, we, ha- we have people who are into anime, tabletop games, video games, board games. Uh, they could be just really passionate about like, certain fandoms like Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or Game of Thrones or Star Trek, which I know nothing about. Uh, oh, but- sort of like Brian and Chris Barton. They're really into Star Trek. They just, I mean, they love it so much. I can't believe he's not wearing a Star Trek shirt right now. Yeah, he, he does. He likes the um, Captain Kirk. I'm pretty sure it was uh, not Star Trek. It was um, uh, Battlestar Galactica. Was that it? Yeah. 
Is that That's what right. Battlestar Galactica. He always that was wears those shirts. The original right. Battlestar, though, right? Not the remake Battlestar Galactica. Right. Brian, Luke, Brian Luke. just quit and walked out the door. <laughs> I think he really likes Luke Kenobi. It's his favorite person. Yeah. Right? Um, Dark Mater. Dark. I thought it was Dumbledore Calrissian. Yes, yes. yes. Dumbledore Calrissian. Yeah. That yeah. is my favorite character. <laughs> A hundred percent of the Mountain Lake staff are nerds. Did you know that? I didn't actually. 100%. That's that's wonderful. Okay. Hundred yeah. percent. Well, and hey, honestly, yeah. you find such a huge crossover of craft beer fans and nerds. Like it's it it, it almost goes hand in hand. I'd say probably seventy five percent of people who like craft beer are also nerds about something. Right. So, yeah, we're, we're super cool in every way. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were talking because when I was uh, asked about. Uh, earlier when we chatted, and I was talking about, I, I played Dungeons and Dragons when I was 12 and um, 13, and it was 1981, and my main character that I had was an assassin named Hinckley, who, Hinckley was named after the guy who shot President Reagan in 1981, and I think he just got out of jail yesterday. He did. <laughs> he has like a record contract or something. He's a... Uh, no, uh-huh. he's he's uh, he's a musician. Is he? And playing uh, publicly and, and in clubs and such. Right. Uh-huh. That's a, But I was th- I said I can only imagine if I stick stuck with D and D and then I have the beer drinking passion I have. I mean, shit, I'd be at your brewery all the time. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And then and then the advent of so many different TV shows that worked gaming into him. Stranger Things being one of the largest. Yeah, it, and it's it's kind of like a cyclical thing, like. D and D is about TV shows, and TV shows are about like D and D. Yes. I, I mean, if you've watched the '70s show, or yeah, yeah, or even you, you play D and D, and so many inspirations come from like other popular culture mediums. Um, and so, I mean, it, I always joke that like nothing doesn't touch gaming um, because heck, I've made the uh, the Office jokes in D and D, and it like becomes a big deal and a big reference. And yep, I think what it is, you're playing D and D, and you're thinking about getting into brewing, and you're like. This is a good way to make sure a girl never talks to me. Actually, the first thing my wife said to me, uh, we were uh, in a movie together, and we were going to see the James Bond movie, and the, the Hobbit trailer came on. Yeah. And she literally, we were with a group of friends, and so we had just met that night, and she leans over to me and goes, have you ever played D&D? And I was like, yeah. Whoa. Yes, I have. That was but. And wow. he made a little ring out of the straw from his soda, yeah. and he's like, will you, awesome. marry hey, will you marry me? marry me right, right now. <laughs> Let's do this. And that was it. And that's Jackie. Yes, and she's, she's uh, not with us tonight. She's uh, hosting trivia where I normally am on Thursday nights. Um, we have a huge trivia following in our Valley location. Um, and so she's taking care of that while I get to be here and uh, drink beer. Is your following as big as our crowd? Uh, 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 yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you hear that, world? There we go. <laughs> All right, well, we're excited that you're here. And so you, you're gaming. What's, like, your thing? How did... You, you got into gaming at a young age. What, what's your primary games that you like to play? And we talked about this. I was looking up, like, what do you call them? Is it a gamer? Are they tabletop gamer? Because there's so many realms within gaming, right? Right. So. I, and I'm, I use the term kind of interchangeably as gamer. That could be video games. That could be tabletop games, board games, card games. Um, anything that is a game, I would consider you a gamer. Um, so I've I played D&D since I was about 12. Um, and so, uh, going from that, I, I love RPGs on the video game platform. I like to be able to play games with friends. I love games with lots of pieces, like tabletop games with lots of pieces. Um, why why lots of pieces? I have no idea. They're just so fun. Like, life has a lot of pieces. Oh, no, I want, like, really intricate, like, oh, okay. you know, like, die-cast weird oh, okay, stuff. Oh, okay, like, yeah. All right, all right. 
Something that if I lose, I have to go buy the whole game over again. <laughs> Not Candyland. No, no, no. No. Shoots I and really ladders. Love, I was just going to say, I really love shoots and ladders. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm up for a good game of shoots and ladders. Yeah, and I know. It's good for a brain my size. Yeah. It's like... Right. And then how big is the gaming community in Spokane? Is it, like, considerable? So, you know, if you look at it from a surface level, it doesn't look... You know, you don't notice a lot of people doing that kind of thing. But as you get into it, you realize how many people love to do stuff in, in one way, shape, or form to love the game. Um, you know, you think of... You know, your, your, your typical pop culture idea of, like, what a person who plays video games look like. And then you realize, no, no, it's like 80% of the people out there have picked up and played a video game and enjoyed it at some point and are willing to do it again. Um, in the same way that, like, tabletop games are even more approachable. Um, and, and Dungeons and & Dragons, even so, is becoming more and more approachable with the new versions. Uh, I would say there's a huge population that's completely unacknowledged um, in the, the spoken area. There's a few gamer bars in town. Um, but, like, having a place to go to and spend time um, has been a bit of a challenge. I mean, even growing up in Spokane, I felt a little bit outcast by that because there wasn't a place like that. And so I guess that was kind of one of the reasons we switched to that, the, doing this kind of thing. When I was younger, it started to become, like, I used to go down to the baseball card shop. Mm-hmm. And baseball cards, basketball cards, all that sort of thing I was sort of into when I was 10, 12, 13. Um, Pretty soon, Magic the Gathering had, like, taken over my card shop that right. I used to go down to. And I was like, what is this? Give me a deck. Let's figure this out. And then pretty much I was going down there selling baseball cards to buy Magic cards. Right. Yeah, I and mean... It had come full circle. The, the trading card uh, game, I think, really... The trading card games really kind of paved the way for a lot of people, like, in the mainstream audience to start understanding, like, nerd fandom. And so I, I think that really kind of broke the seal for a lot of people. And then it, the, the D&D and, and everything else just kind of like started flooding out. I mean, it, it, if I was to ask somebody, especially somebody over the age of, like, 18, what is D&D or what is Dungeons & Dragons 15, 20 years ago, you probably wouldn't find more than about four people who could answer the question out of a group of 20. Whereas now, if you say D&D or Dungeons & Dragons, at least probably uh, 80% of the crowd could at least explain, oh, it's a game with you know, swords and dragons and, yeah. and fighting and stuff like that. And then I just duck immediately because they're throwing darts at yeah, Dave. Yeah, yeah, well. Um, so tell us a little bit about uh, the styles of beers that you brew. And then you also, you've got some great names for beers. Uh, yeah. let, let's talk about that. So maybe styles first and then uh, names. So, I mean, we, we try to focus as much as we can on, like, English, Irish, Scottish-style um, beer, as well as, you know, the new American style. So, like, we have, like, a raspberry blonde, and we like to mess around with, like, uh, barrels, uh, uh, kettle sours as well as barrel sours. Um, so we, we kind of hit all over the board. We just try to focus on this... Um, on our staple stuff, at least, on our traditional English, Irish, Scottish style beers. Um, but, but we're not afraid to kind of experiment because we, we, from the homebrewing background, that's always been kind of like a thing is like you can do weird things and get away with it. Right. So like we have a new, uh, another uh, blonde coming out that's made with a quike yeast, um, which is ju- just kind of a fun thing to mess around with. Um, and it attenuates th- quite rapidly and um, highly. Yeah. Like, what'd you get it down to? Um, it, it went down to... Zero zero one, I think. Yeah, it basically yeah. eats all the malt and it's a sparkling cider. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a fun thing to mess around with, and so like I, I, I love the fact that I can also turn a beer around in like six days. Mm, look at you, capitalist. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's called poor planning, actually. <laughs> um, but uh, when it comes to the names for our beers, uh, um, our strategy since I was home brewing is I because I've always been a huge nerd about it. Um, I like to spe- uh, specifically like choose a fandom to to pull a name from. So like we'll, we'll choose like a Lord of the Rings name or a Star Wars name. 
Um, and then we'll we'll create a name that if you don't get the reference, it just sounds like a cool beer name, like something you'd see in the store, and you're like, oh, that's a fun beer name. But if you get the reference, you're like, oh, okay, this is great. So um, all of our reds are named after mythological weapons. So like uh, the most recent one we had was Glamdring, which is Gandalf's sword in Lord of the Rings. Because um, it draws blood? Uh, no, just because it's delicious. Oh. <laughs> no, I was thinking of Red Connection. It, just, it actually became a thing because we started off uh, with doing a beer called Grabthar's Hammer, um, which is an imperial red. And Grabthar's Hammer is probably one of the more obscure references. There was a movie um, back in the 90s called Galaxy Quest with Tim Allen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so it's a reference to, uh, oh, well, the actor's name. He just passed away a couple years ago. Yeah, Alan Rickman. Um, his character, you know, uh, he had this great line, by the sons of Warband, by Grabthar's Hammer, you shall be avenged. And so that's where that name came from. And we've had that beer around now for three years, and people all now know the reference. And we've, we've gotten people, we've probably, Tim Allen probably owes me money with how many people have gone to watch that movie. That's since awesome, yeah. Bring it back yeah. up. <laughs> He's like, all of a sudden our movie is really popular on Netflix again. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Do you have a Buckaroo Banzai thing? You got anything on? I don't have a Buckaroo oh, Banzai oh, yet, no. Maybe down the line, maybe. Um, and what other uh, other names? So, I mean, like, we have a Raspberry Blonde that's incredibly popular this time of year, and so we have the Raspberry Blonde, and then we also do a Shandy version of it. Um, we, we Shandy it at the tap. And so the, the Raspberry Blonde is called Flossed in Paradise, which is a, a reference from the fifth element. Um, and so, like, when we, that came out, I'd gotten this uh, great skin-tight leather, or not leather, uh, leopard print leotard and this great wig, so I looked like Ruby Rod from the movie. Um, so it looks like the leotard you're currently wearing? Exactly, yes. I do have the wig in my car. I can go get it. Um, and, and then the Shandy version we call Multipass, again, being the same, you know, reference to the same movie. Um, but, like, all of our Scotch Eels are named after, like, different uh, dwarven names from different franchises. So our, our staple one is Kazad, which is a, a Lord of the Rings reference. And then we just tried out, like, a new recipe um, for a different Scottish Ale, and so it was called Kaza, uh, Kalsharak, which is from Dragon Age. Um, that that's a video game franchise. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Learning lots tonight. I'm like, woo, man. I can throw a lot of information real yeah. quick. Just um, and so then your your patrons uh, a little bit about that because I think one of the things that happens in the pub environment is people find their third home and creating a place that's uh, safe for people to feel welcomed and comfortable. You're doing that, right? And yeah, tell us a bit about your patrons and also your mug club membership. Uh, yeah, so I mean, like it, it's one of those things that it, it really is like a second home. I it, the, the word like uh, the reference to Cheers gets thrown around a lot. You you walk in and it's like. Oh, and, you know, Brian, and, you know, whatever. You walk in, and it seems like half the room knows your name, even if you're just not even a Mug Club member. I think um, that's, that's why we fell in love with craft beer. 100%. Like, all of the breweries that I grew up in college with, like, I'd walk in, they'd, they'd know us. They'd yeah. treat it, us like friends. Well, it's kind of a joke on the weekends. Every now and then, me and my wife will want to go out, and it's like, we want to do something that doesn't relate to work, so we have to go someplace we've never gone before and as far away from Spokane Brewery as possible yeah. because we walk into any place it's and like it's like... a winery in Snohomish. Yeah, because that's probably the, the closest... <laughs> no one will can, recognize you. That's about as far, as far as we have to go if we want to find somebody who we don't know. It, it's kind of funny. Um, but so our, our patrons are like just dedicated people. Uh, I would say that probably 70 to 80% of our revenue comes from people who are there three, four times a week. Um, we, we have a... 49-person capacity at our Valley location, and we have a 200-plus-person mug club with a waiting list, um, and, and they're just there all the time, which I'm, I'm not complaining about, but in the, in the slightest, it's a great thing. Yep. Um, and, and it's fun because, like, we have great beer tenders, but they don't have to do a, a damn thing um, because the people walk in and say, like, oh, you got you to try this beer. Like, uh, there's a, we have a lounge area up front, and 
that area is just always full of mug club members who are telling every person who walks by, uh, get what this, try this. Uh, yeah. Yep. yep. I kind of understand the blogging thing. I mean, I walk in here and I hear them all go like, oh, fuck, Cindric. Uh, but at least I'm recognized. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Oh, you're recognized. Yeah. Yeah, it's all about the fact that they don't know your name, right? Like, God damn yeah. it. I'm like, hey, I'm helping poor tonight. Uh-huh. We're closed is just our greeting. Yeah. <laughs> We're closed. You know, I was just watching Cheers the other day. And it was that episode where um, Diane was upset that when Norm comes in, everyone yells Norm. And when she comes in, nobody says anything. Yeah. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. And so she's like, I, you know, I'm going to try this again. And she goes out and she comes back in. And as soon as she comes in, they all yell, Norm. Norm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you've got some exciting things. You're expanding. Uh, you're yeah. moving to a new, uh, a second location, not a new yeah. location. So tell us a little bit about that venture uh, in uh so it's kind of a, a, a weird story, to be honest. When we moved out of our location uh, on Sullivan, our original location, we had been brewing and had the tap room in the same location. And so we looked at some of the other breweries in the valley, and we're like, hey, a lot of these, you know, two or three of these places are just have a tap room, and then they brew off their like personal property. I have a 40 by 40 shop in my, on my backyard. Like, Why am I not doing anything? With, I mean, it's storing all my parents' crap, but it, you know, it, I'm not doing anything productive with it, I guess I should say. And so I said, let's, uh, let's look at clearing that out and put a brewery in there. And so we, we did the move of the tap room. And then I was like, cool, we still got a couple months. I can figure out the move of the brewery. And so I started getting everything cleared out. And I submitted the per- paperwork to LCB. LCB is like, awesome. This is all great. And it goes to the city. And the city's like, no. And I'm like, what do you mean? They're three blocks away. There's another brewery doing the same thing. Four blocks the other direction. There's another brewery doing the same thing. And I'm like, no. And so we're like, OK, so we don't have a place to make beer and we just set up a new tap room, uh, we probably have to figure that out. So we, we started looking for a place um, to produce the, the hope being we could find a place that was either low enough cost or a place that was large enough to put a tiny tap room, at least to recuperate rent. And so we started poking around. And then I heard that the, the Hidden Mother was going to be closing down uh, permanently. And I was like, man, that really sucks. But I'd love to get like some of their equipment or something. So I, I shot a message to Mike. And I'm like, hey. I know that this is probably like way, way beyond what I could possibly afford, but can we come by and like look around, see what the equipment is? Maybe like look at the space if you guys are, you know, abandoning a lease or something like that. And he's like, "Yeah, I want you to come down." So we went down and had a couple of beers, and I was talking about, you know, oh yeah, well, this is great. We'd lo- love to look at some, maybe taking some of this. And he's, you know, talking to me a little bit about like the pricing, and, and like we talked about a number, and I was like, "I can do that." And 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 by that I mean I can just take everything and move in here. <laughs> and so we essentially made the decision, let's op- we're opening a second tap room in downtown Spokane, uh, you know, utilizing that brew space, utilizing their brew system, um, and basically taking over the, the, the art piece that is that tap room he put together, because it's absolutely gorgeous. I mean, so much, so much work went into that tap room. He literally cut down trees to make the bars and the walls and the chairs. Like, it was a really cool thing. And so we, me and Mike worked really closely to make sure him and his partners were happy to, to pass it off to us to kind of continue that dream for him. And so we, uh, we're hopefully in a couple of weeks, we'll be open and pouring beer and serving food and uh, have a private game room now. And, and the new brewery, 20 Mothers. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, all natural. <laughs> all natural 20 Mothers. Yeah. 
so that's super exciting. What, what, how about um, with opportunities and challenges with that? Are you, what, what, do you, what, what, are your, what are your hopes with it? And, and, and do you have any anxieties or other things? I mean, I'm, I'm, just, I'm really excited. I've, I grew up in Spokane, and so to be able to be downtown in the heart of Spokane is a really exciting thing, especially being able to maintain our valley presence as well because I don't want to feel like we're abandoning those people out there because um, we have set up a great space that's very neighborhood-y. And so be able to, to kind of spread what we're doing as a, as a safe place for gamers to come and feel welcome and accepted and drink craft beer and hang out and spend time to another area of the city is, uh, honestly, it's beyond a dream come true. We didn't ever think we'd go this far, especially this fast. And it seems like I mean, with all the growth that's happening there, the, everything that goes on at the convention center already, the podium, the new soccer stadium that's going in, you're kind of in a prime location for people to come through your place. Yeah, I mean, it honestly feels like an absolute dream. I, the fact that we're, you know, a block from the podium and the arena and just a few blocks from the convention center and the park, which, um, you know, they host a lot of Pokemon Go events, and we're all, again, we're all nerds. We play Pokemon Go, like, every weekend. Um, so, I mean, it's, it, it really is the best opportunity that I could possibly be walking into. And there's a guy uh, I know, uh, he works at the podium every now and then, and he's a big beer drinker, Dave Cook. If you don't know him, you will. Uh, okay. As soon, as soon as you open, um, especially if you start having music events. He has a very discerning palate. Yeah. A he, very he, discerning yeah. he palate. He and Frida and Olivia and Julian will probably be you know, stopping by. Yeah, and that, that is something we, we hope to be able to continue and pick up and do, because I know Hidden Mother did a lot of music events, um, and it's a great place set up for it. We would like to be able to do that. It's, it won't be like our primary focus as we get started, but it's something we want to work ourselves into. So what else should people know? What, what have we not covered that you want to talk or tell people about with uh, Natural 20? I guess like the, the biggest thing I feel like with Natural 20 is it's not just about the beer or the games. It's really about the experience. We sell an experience we, where people get to come in and spend time um, and, and really find their place. Uh, it's rare uh, in both the craft beer and gaming community. The Spokane craft beer scene is amazing. Um, it, it, I couldn't imagine ever, ever owning a brewery in another area besides Spokane because every single one of the breweries is absolutely amazing uh, because they're accepting and willing to work with people and talk to people. I think we've all been to a craft brewery somewhere else where you walk in and you say, well, this is my favorite style of beer. And they're like, well, we don't make that kind of beer. <laughs> you know, they, they, give you, they give you snark about it. And, and so in the gaming world, we call that gatekeeping. It's, it's, it's preventing people from enjoying the experience that you offer because they don't like the same things you like. And that, you have that experience in craft beer and you can have that experience in gaming too. And that has, I've, I've had that experience in gaming even here in Spokane. Um, trying to go into like a beer bar or a gaming bar in Spokane and being treated that way because I wasn't into Fortnite or, or something like that. And it's like, uh, for one, you're pushing away business, but like, it's just rude. Like, don't be an asshole. Right. <laughs> so uh, th we really, really, really hammer that not only to our employees, like you can't, you can't do that, but also, uh, you know, our, our customers just kind of get it. Like, it's meant to be an inclusive space, not an exclusive space. That, um, it's That's why I think you were, you were smart to choose beer for that. Because beer yeah. has always been the inclusive alcoholic beverage. It's the, it's the community building. That's, that's yeah. what we wanted to do. Yeah. A common, common person's drink. And yes. Common everyone can, there's wanna... a beer for everyone, so drink every beer. Right. And, and so, I mean, a, a really good example of that is we kind of had to make a decision. We hit... 100 people on our mug club, and we're like, okay, well, we'd, we'd, we'd capped it at 100 people, and we'd never hit that number. We just kept we, putting more hooks up. Well, and that was our thing, is that we, we talked about it. It's like, it, 
what is it? What do we lose, and what does anyone lose by including more people in that experience? We had to change our format of how we run things. You know, it was no longer a renews on the first of every year. It was no longer, um, a, you know, a limited number. No we one... just take their credit card and we charge it whenever we want. Yeah, that sounds like a, yeah, man, that's a good time. It's and been so, financially viable. And so the, the first thing we said is like, okay, so your renewal date is whenever you want it. Yep. And instead of a, you get, getting the, this year's mug, your mug levels up. So you take your glass mug home on your first year, and then you get a ceramic one. I'll cut this out. And then what's and, the third year? And then the th- uh, on your third year, you get a Viking drinking horn made out of ox oh. horn. So we, we, we don't know what the fourth year is yet. I'm thinking I might just have to serve people beer in my hands yeah. at that point. Like, you I got to do better than an ox it's horn. It's a so. this- you get a barone. <laughs> this fermenter is for you yeah. now. <laughs> Eventually, it's solid gold. That's yeah. right. Yeah. No, so, I mean, it's, it's been one of those things that we... So, again, we're at 200 people with a... We currently have a waiting list more because I'm... Like, no one can get glassware right now. And so I, I didn't want to sell more mugs without giving them a, a mug. But it's... it's yeah, we, we try to, you know, make everybody happy. And, and we even actually... We actually offer a monthly mug club option now, too. Um, where it's just a reoccurring $10 a month charge. Because uh, we have a lot of folks who like come in uh, from like the service, and they're going to be here you know, eight months. I don't want to pay for a whole year. And it's like, cool. That's just true, yeah. Hang That's out a good idea. It. I like yeah. that idea. Well, Reese, it has been wonderful talking with you about the great things happening at Natural 20 Brewing. However, we have also invited you here tonight to play a little game we're calling Natural 20 Meet Natural Light. Oh, boy. Dave is going to read you three questions related to natural light beer. Answer two of the three questions successfully, and you'll win a prize for one of our audience members, which is free beer in a pint glass. Dave, who is Reese playing for tonight? Drumroll, please. Anita. Anita. There she is. So you'll be playing for her. Uh, good luck with this. Are you? I'm re- gonna need it. All right. Are you ready to play? Here's your first question. Okay. True or false? Natural Light was Anheuser's first light beer product. I'm gonna say false. Are you sure? You should think about that one a little bit. <laughs> There's only one other answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm still gonna say false, I guess. Okay. Well. He's got you in the hole, Anita. He's, he's got you in the hole. That is, it is. It, uh, following the launch of Miller Lite in 1975, Anheuser-Busch released Natural Light in 1977, five years before it eventually launched Bud Light. It was their original okay. light bum, beer. Bum, 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 bum. It's okay. You got two more. Two more. Here's your second question. Okay. Which of the following is not a nickname for Natural Light? A, Natty Light, B, Shore Champagne, C, Fratty Light, or D, Flatty Light? I'm going to probably go with B, because I'm I'm sure college kids will just name anything that rhymes. Are you sure? (laughs) No, not in the slightest. (laughs) Help him out, folks. Help him out. Anybody know? Shore Champagne. Shore Champagne. Yeah, it's a... it's a, the Shore Champagne. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's a real one. That's because the people that drink it, when they go, like they, they'll get it and they go to a lovely, you know, beach area, and then uh, she'll say, "Is is this champagne?" He's like, "Sure, champagne." Sure, champagne. Sure. I thought you said we we're having champagne. Sure, champagne. I mean, Chris, to be honest, we, this is kind of a trick question. It is a trick question because they all. They all suck. 
No, they're all. They're all, all answers are. All answers correct. are true. They're true. He got it. Got it. Woo. Yes, all of them are nicknames for natural light. Although I had not ever heard of Shore Champagne. So yeah, that's a, that's a new one. It's from yeah. the Jersey Shore. Yeah. He Googled uh, them all. Yeah. Yeah. Or just like Bush has that Bush Latte thing, and I'm like, where did that come from? Bush Latte. Right. <laughs> so I'll give you a hint for this third question. Remember the answer to the second question. Here is your third question. Which of the following statements is not true about natural light? In 2011, two cans of Natty Light were launched from Earth via a helium balloon and traveled to an altitude of 90,000 feet. Or B, in 2008, Natty Light earned a bronze medal at the World Beer Cup for Best American Style Light Lager. Or C, in honor of the Washington Nationals making its first ever appearance in the 2019 World Series, Natty Light released a limited edition hard seltzer called Nationals Light. Could it be that all of these things happened and we should all go home and be stupider for it? I'm starting to wonder. I, I think they probably all did happen, personally. They did! Yeah. You are correct. Whoa! It's coming in the end for Anita. Yes, they all are true, proving once again that Natty Light is an award-winning beer knocking it out of the park and into the natosphere. Dave, how did Reese do on our quiz? Well, with a little help from his friends, two out of three, that ain't bad. Hey. Been told that before. That's a win. Congratulations, <laughs> Anita. Reese has won you a prize, free beer and a pint glass. Reese, it has been a true pleasure talking with you and learning your story and the exciting things happening at Natural 20 Beer. Thank you so much for joining us on Not My Beer. Thank you for having me. That wraps up the first part of our show. We'll now take a break and be back in a few with Tim and Dave and Reese and an audience contester for a little game we call Small Beer. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Brew House stage at Mountain Lakes Brewing Company in downtown Spokane, Washington. This is Wheat Wheat Don't Tell Me, Spokane's craft beer live audience show and podcast. I'm Dave Basaraba, and here again is your host, Chris Sindrick. Well, thank you, Dave. And now the game that tests your beer brain. It's called Small Beer. We've asked an audience member to step up to the challenge. Hello and welcome. Tell us your name and a little bit about yourself. Hi, uh, my name is Julian, 
Um, and I'm also a nerd, so I think I'm in the right My people. Oh. Right. I'm a nerd who loves beer. Uh, I've been to Mountain Lakes and Nat 20 multiple times, and I've loved everything that I've had there. So. And are you when you go to Natural 20? Are you uh, gaming? Or are you there? Do you do you do board games and such? Uh, not yet, but I've enjoyed the beer. <laughs> so you nerd out more on the beer. Yes. That's the big thing. So wait, you just said you've been to Mountain Lakes and Natural 20, and you've loved everything you had there. Which one are you talking about? <laughs> True. True. This is another trick question. <laughs> okay. I've loved everything I've had in both places. Okay, there we right. go. All right, all right, all right. Well, welcome to the show, Julian. Here's what we're going to do at this point in the show. Dave is going to read you five beer-related questions. If you can correctly answer four of the five questions, you will be a winner, which is free beer and a pint glass. So, Julian, in this segment of Small Beer, your questions deal with beer-drinking games. Is that a specialty of yours? From time to time. Okay. Specifically, we will read you the definition of a beer drinking game, and then you need to identify the game correctly. And if you do, you will, you will score a point. Are there any questions? Uh, nope. Are you ready to play? Yes. Here is your first question. This is a drinking game that involves players bouncing a coin off a table in an attempt to have it land in the cup. Quarters. Yeah, there you go. Very little hesitation. Yes. This man's played a drinking game a time or two. So by when I was a kid, we were pretty poor, so it was called Penny. <laughs> so, you know. I'm not very good at it. I played a lot of quarters in college, and I don't remember any of it because I was also very bad at it. <laughs> it was kind of the game when I was in college. Like, it was in the 80s. That was everybody played. And we had another game called Chandeliers, and you would put... And this is back when you used to have the beer in the cup, and then people would grab the quarter out, and then yeah. you'd have to drink it. Yeah, pre-COVID, pre we used to let that money go right into yeah. the drinking. I was a rich kid. We played half dollar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 50 yeah. cent beef. Yeah. Uh, and then we'd yes. roll it off the nose, and then we had a chandelier game, and it was like one cup in the middle, and then like five around it, and then you're playing. Who could get yeah. it in there first? And you hit any oh, one of them, oh, and yeah. you make people drink, That's but you right. keep going until you miss. Yeah. And so the first person going has the advantage of all six glasses, and yeah. then it diminishes down and becomes harder and harder. Well, and they used to, I used to show up at people's houses in college, and they, we, you want to play quarters? Yeah, sure, yeah, down, totally. And then I'd end up drinking all the beer, and they're like, you're the loser. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm winning. I'm winning. What are you talking about? Thanks a lot. Have yeah. a good night. I'll see you next week. <laughs> Uh, here is your second question. In this drinking game, players throw a ping pong ball across the table with the intent of landing the ball in a cup of beer on the other end. Pong. Yep. I'm sorry. What was that? Beer pong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you are correct. Now, this wasn't around when I was in school, but now I think that was a... Was it, is it... People currently playing. Were there a lot of people? Because here? when you were in school, ping pong hadn't been no, invented. No, we just, they, it, it just basically. But we didn't have beer pong. It wasn't a thing. Oh yeah. It wasn't. I don't know. Did uh, I, mean, I played beer pong when I was in college? But me and my roommate couldn't afford a kitchen table, so we played on two TV trays across the uh, living room. Oh. We played beer bocce, but we broke all the cups. <laughs> Didn't, I didn't like Reese's story. That just explains why he's an entrepreneur. He's like, we'll make it through, man. If we need beer pong, we'll do what it takes. That's right. 
Well, here's your third question. This game is popular in Austria, Germany, and Switzerland. It's a race among teams that consists of at least two people carrying a crate of beer, the contents of which must be consumed prior to crossing the finish line. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good luck with this. This is a hard one. But remember, you have four out of five. So. And we're looking for... <laughs> Did you ever see the movie... We're looking uh, for two I, possible... I can't pronounce the answer, let alone yeah. tell you what it is. Did you <laughs> ever see the movie Another Round uh, with Matt... Was it Mads Mikkelsen? Yeah. The, yeah, they they play this in the very beginning. Of I'm going to give you a hint. He's from Denmark. It rhymes with Kostenlauf. <laughs> <laughs> Kostenlauf? That's correct. He got it. Wow. How did you know that? So this is kind of We've got a ringer. Who brought this guy? This is when I look at America, and then I look at European countries, and I think they just do everything a little bit more hardcore and better when it comes to beer. Yeah. So this is a tradition. No, if they did beer pong in Europe, it would be like, make a ping pong table. (laughs) Last one done drinks this entire case of beer. This, this is a game that started from the understanding I have to where people would walk to Oktoberfest or beer festival, which might be 5 to 12K away. So they said, hey, while we're walking there, why don't we drink a crate of beer, and then we're going to make a game out of it, and whoever gets there first wins. Um, and so typically you're running between 5 to 12K, which would be like doing Bloomsday with me and you, and we have a case of beer between us, and we've got to finish before we're done. I think traditionally the losing team yeah. has to join the army and invade Poland. <laughs> right. it's, it's also called um, Bierkasten Rennen, which just means beer case running in Germany. Laufen means run, so... Yeah, I thought it had something to do with Renin or Laufen or yeah. something. Yeah, Kostenlauf. is the case. Drink and run. Case run. Um, well, here is your fourth question. This drinking game is played with two dice. When a three is rolled, there tends to be consequences. This might be an older one. We played this when I was in college. Two well, dice. Well, that was back when high school was called college. That was. That was we used to call it the university. <laughs> I don't know this one, no. and I can't wait to hear how this one's played. Is it called Dice? No. You're going to get this one wrong, but it's okay. <laughs> because you have three out of right. Like, how did you get Kostenlauf? That was crazy. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> wait till we edit it out so it sounds yeah. like you just got it. Exactly. This, 
This is a game called Three Man. Uh, does anybody play Three Man? So it basically it was a two-die game, and then you would designate... I played that. ...somebody as a three-man, yep. yep. and they would be... If any time somebody rolled a three, they had to drink. And if you rolled double threes, it was worse. And then they rolled, and if they roll a three, they can designate somebody else to be three-man, so you're basically rolling the die, and then people are being designated three-man, which is basically the sucker drinking all the beer, ah. uh, and that's how the game was generally played. So. I went to Catholic school for college. It was oh, called, yeah. We called it Trinity. <laughs> Well, here is your fifth question. This is a party game in which players conceal a coin in their palm as they slap it on a table with their bare hands. The goal is to identify which hand the coin is under. This one's actually famous worldwide. I've played this in pubs all over, but they, have, they do not call it this. <laughs> That, so basically, we'd have a team. So if the three of us were on a team, we, one of us would have a coin in the hand. And then this team would yell, up something, yep. and then down something, and we'd all slap our hands on the counter. And they would have to choose which hand the coin was under. So you're trying to make it slap flat without them understanding. Does that make sense? I think he's going to get Sounds it. Sounds like an old people game. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It is. Yep. It is. It is, yep. Old people like beer, though. And it's an old name. I feel too. like my grandpa was talking about something called Up Jenkins. Up Jenkins! Woo! That's Woo! correct. Woo! The answer is Up Jenkins. Well, Dave, how did Julian do on our quiz? Four out of five, and that's a win! Whoa! Well, Julian, thank you for playing. We'll now take a break and be back in a few with Reese, Tim, and Dave in a little game we call Brewers on Tap. Man, let's play some Up Jenkins. Welcome back to the brew house stage at Mountain Lakes Brewing Company in downtown Spokane, Washington. This is Wheat Wheat Don't Tell Me, Spokane's craft beer live audience show and podcast. I'm Dave Basaraba, and once again, your host, Chris Sindri. And now for a game we call Brewers on Tap. Throughout the night, our audience members have had a chance to write down a question for one, a few, or all of our panelists. We've chosen a smackerel of them to ask our panel to tap into some of that brewer and owner knowledge. Let's get started, shall we? Uh, here's a question for you. What are your flagship beers, ones that you almost always have on tap? I'm guessing that question is probably directly towards me. Um, so uh, we have a few flagship beers. We've actually just added. Hello. We, we actually just added an, a new one. Um, so the one that really got us uh, kind of on the map uh, is uh, Kazad. It is our Scottish ale. Um, it comes in just under eight percent. It is by far the longest running beer we've had. It was the second brew I ever made as a home brewer, and so we've just kind of tweaked the recipe um, going for uh, going forward and commercially. Um, to being something that's uh, uh, able to be made on a commercial level because it, it scaling up from homebrew is obviously a, a, a quite the thing. It's um, only $5,000 worth of grain. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so uh, besides that, we are just actually f uh, phasing out one beer. It was called Perception Check. It was a pale ale. Um, but we're phasing into a Quike Blonde, um, which is the Planeswalker. Um, that's got me really excited. Great, like, cereal taste to it. Um, the... We have one in every category. 
the uh, Flying Bison, which is an Avatar The Last Airbender reference. Um, that's right. You're wearing the shirt, buddy. Uh, Avatar The Last Airbender reference, it is our IPA, um, and we use a huge amount of cryo amarillo in that beer, um, so it really, like, pops. And then we are finally, after a couple years of, like, going back and forth, have decided on a staple stout that we're always going to have on. Um, it's called the Shadowfell. It's a breakfast stout, um, maple syrup, brown sugar, coffee, vanilla, um, and it is killer. And now that we're, we're brewing on a five-barrel system and compared to a three-barrel system, it, it is so much better. Like, it, uh, when, you, when you change systems to, to that kind of size, you, you really understand what the pressure difference, like physical pressure difference on like the yeast does. And so it's a really well-developed flavor. Um, and our plan is actually to throw some into some maple syrup bourbon barrels here pretty quick oh, and yeah. throw that in there for a year and uh, start pulling some of that out. Yes. Have you thought about... Yeah. Yeah. Getting some applause. Have you thought about like maybe another adjunct that you could fit into it? Um, I mean... We... Peanut butter or... Well, okay, so... We... Egg yolk... <laughs> I'm just thinking breakfast. Well, no, you're, you're not wrong. That we, we, so we have our staples, but we also have uh, like a very strong seasonal lineup. And one of the ones we do seasonally is the Reese's Puff Porter. That's a collaboration with Genus Brewing also out in the Valley. And Never we, heard of them. We legitimately put in uh, like 50 pounds of Reese's Puff cereal, um, which is... Awesome. Cereal doesn't weigh much. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's a, lot. It's a, a lot. lot of cereal. It's a lot of homeless bags. You use the homeless bag cereal? No. We, we the use... ones on the bottom shelf, you know, like, that are not in a box. I, I mean, we've, like, we just have there. in the past. I think this last batch we did purely like the, the true Reese's brand. So, oh, okay. All right. Um, oh, we, we did just, change it to a just, C, so we're not going to get sued. flaunting it. Do you pick it up in your Tesla? <laughs> no, I pick it up at Walmart, and it's literally my favorite day of the year because going out with two carts of Reese's Puff cereal yeah. is the best conversations oh, yeah. I have all year long. I can't imagine the looks you get. Wow. Cereal's gotten expensive. It's like seven or eight bucks a box now. It's is like, it really? It's, it's not cheap. Like yeah, it's, it's yeah. craziness. Wow. Yeah. Hey, now, for people that don't know, like myself, um, Kazad is yeah. obviously named after... It's, it's a Lord of the Rings reference. Yeah, right. So um, in the Lord of the Rings, you, uh, you probably have heard Khazad Dune. The, that's what the, is reference to the Mines of Moria. But in uh, Dwarvish, Khazad actually means the word dwarf. So um, if you Khazad Dune actually translates to dwarf hole. Oh. So, I wow. mean, take that as you will. Uh, right. I thought it was Khazad Rashad, the old commentator on NBC for sports. <laughs> Khazad Rashad. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I, I went with the dwarf hole reference. Oh. <laughs> Everything has to be sexual. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, uh, what D&D class do you like the most? Th that's not, like, not even like a hesitation question. It's a bard. Bards, bards are by far my... So growing up playing D&D, it's really easy to get in the habit of, I want to make the character that can hit the hardest and move the fastest and kill the most guys. That only becomes fun for so long. Uh, what becomes fun is when you get into a situation and you're like, the dragon is about to attack you and kill you, and you're like, I seduce the dragon. Okay, roll for it. I seduce the I seduce the dragon. I roll a you know, I, I roll a thirty on the seduction check, and and me and the dragon now have fourteen children and uh, live happily on. So you like wow. look, you look for the dragon hole. <laughs> Absolutely, the dragon hole. Yeah, that's how you should do. So the bard would be like on the Witcher. Like the, the bard? So, so a, a that... bard is a character that is 100% focused on its charisma. 
Um, so they, they, they do have like magical abilities that relate to them performing, but really a bard is the best liar in the game. Okay. Um, so my favorite character I ever played is I, the, the backstory I told my DM is I am a gnome, but 20 years ago I was a golden retriever and somebody polymorphed me into a gnome permanently. And so I played my golden retriever as a bard. And so I spent most of the game uh, running around finding things and bringing them to other characters. And, and like when they, they'd all go to sleep at night, I'd like curl up at the feet of somebody's bed. And... You could mo- morph that into like uh, some of those horror movies. You know, it's like Freddy Krueger's coming to get you. You seduce him. See how? Yeah. yeah. See how it works, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. What uh, What would the beer be for that class then? What's a bard drinking? I guess. I mean, probably a fruited sour. A fruited sour, kind of yeah. like the uh, apricot sour. Yeah. The yeah. theme. So EW is a bardic university. Yeah. Right? I love the yeah. apricot sour. Apricot sour. Apricot sour. We didn't. Yeah, or, or something you know along those lines. Something fla- uh, that is not your typical beer, very flavored in a, in a different way. So, um, in terms of what we've recently had on tap, our Flossed in Paradise w- would fall into that. Uh, we just, as of today, finished our our beer for the uh, the EW Get Lit Fest Get Lit Festival. Actually, uh, we did a Cherry Blossom Blonde um, that was really good. That was uh, the Wither and Bloom, which is another Dungeons and Dragons uh, reference. Uh, here's a question. Are, are, both, are both the Natural 20 locations going to be, are they family friendly and also pet friendly? Uh, both of them are 100% family friendly from open to close. Uh, bring your kids in there. They can, in fact, even sit at the bar. Um, How uh, much beer do they have to drink? Um, at least two gallons, generally speaking. We yeah. want them to weigh twice as much when they leave. Yep. They have uh, to drink their weight. Yeah. Uh, in terms of pet friendly, the patios are currently pet friendly. Uh, unfortunately, because we have a restaurant license, the pets can't come inside unless they're service animals. However, if you're paying attention to the uh, Spokane Regional Health District legislation, there is something on the books that they're trying to get it passed. So if you're a brewery, you can have dogs come inside. So please pay attention to that. I would love that. Oh. I, I own two dogs, and my folks own two dogs who live with us. So I'm a, a definitely a dog-friendly person, you could say. So. But you let kids in. Yeah, they're they're kind of like pets. Um, but yeah, yes, I know. We do I want to talk to the health department and be like, really, like little grubby kids or dogs? You're worried about the f- dogs? So I mean, our general policy is anyone acting like a drunk adult has to leave. So if your kids are acting like a drunk adult, they're going to be asked to leave the same way as if you're acting like a child. As a drunk adult, you're going to be asked to leave. So that's it, a great it's, policy. It's a, it kind of solves all the problems. Yep. Here's a question for anybody: What is your favorite drinking game? Yeah. King's Cup. Oh yeah. Oh, oh okay. yeah. King's Cup. One. Yep. Uh, I like that, that. I get to play like six drinking games in, in one drinking game. We had a game called Asshole in college. Yeah. Yeah. And I that, don't know. We yeah. just we Thanks. called it we called it Cindric. <laughs> <laughs> And there it is. Oh, he got uh, it. Feels so good. Oh, feels so good. That's Thank harsh. You. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, personal foul clipping. My my favorite was uh, <laughs> called beer dive, uh, and it, so it was a table, and you have a dice, and everyone has a you, you have a cup in front of you, and so the two people are trying to toss the die back and forth into the cup, but if it hits the table and bounces off, you have to catch it, kind of like a goalie. And if you, you know, you play to five and then oh. you, you lose, yeah. That's cool. Or, and, and it's it's a heavy drinking. And I've, I've, I found that the more you drink, the easier it is to catch that small little cube. Yeah, it's a, it's, it, there, you get really good at it if you play a lot. And then it's, <laughs> people are like, how do they catch that? It's, and it's beer dye. 
Beer die, yeah. yeah. You can look it up. It's, it's pretty common. Okay. Uh, what would be your crit success beer? A what? Uh, I, I'm assuming they mean, like, uh, what would be my, my critically, su- critically successful beer, crit success? Uh, again, like, a natural 20 on a dice is a critical hit. Oh. Um, that's the Wi-Fi password for all of our public uh, Wi-Fi at both mm. locations, by the way. Critical yeah, so hit. So if you're just cruising by case. later tonight, you want to sit yeah. in the parking lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, anyways, um, our critical su- success beer... Probably the Flossed in Paradise. Um, it was a beer that I, I had made homebrewing. Um, my mom, who was not a beer drinker and lived next door at the time, said, I love that you make beer, um, but I would really like you to make, I'd really like you to make something for me. Um, and I said, cool, well, I, I will make a beer uh, that, that kind of goes uh, for you. And they have massive raspberry plants in our backyard. So I went and said, cool, I'm going to take like half these raspberries. And she said, you're going to take half of them? Um, and, but I took half those raspberries, threw them in a beer, um, and, and that became the, the process long-term for the Floss in Paradise. We throw um, something like 200 pounds of those into every batch, uh, 200 pounds of raspberries into every batch of it we do. Um, and that's where most of the flavor comes from. We're not using any kind of like syrups or artificial flavors. It's real fruit um, going in there, which um, w- was actually another like kind of a real inspiration for like the Natural 20 name is we try to focus on like natural flavors as much as we possibly can. Nice. So I, I would say that that, that beer 100% would be our... Critical success beer, success beer. Uh, uh, to, to the degree of like um, nor our normal scale for like we come out with a new beer and how quickly it sells in the Valley Tap Room. We usually go through a keg like within the first ten days. Um, in the three weeks since we've come out with this batch of Flossed in Paradise, we've sold five kegs. Um, so it's like almost double anything we've done. Our critical uh, success beer would have to be the Word to Your Mother Vanilla Cream. Now, Eddie, people who knew us from the beginning, Eddie used to be our, you know, our taproom manager. He came to us with a vanilla beer that he had tasted from, uh, what was it, uh, Mother, Mother it was, Earth. Uh, California or something. No, Mother Earth Brewing in, in Idaho, right? Mother Earth? I thought it was like a Cali Cream or it something. It was called Cali Creamin. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But we, modeled, right. we yeah. modeled it after that. We made a cream ale with vanilla and lactose. And uh, it satisfies everyone. It satisfies, like, super hopheads. It satisfies people who don't even, quote-unquote, like beer. Yeah. Here, the, try the this. Like, yeah, I don't like beer. And then yeah. I can do it. And, yeah. and, and guys come in and go, what's your hoppiest beer? And they have a pint of that. And then we go, try this. And they're like, oh, I'll have two more pints of that. Yeah. That's the critical success beer. This is um, for Nat 20. I'm a big Halo fan. Played all the console games and... Read all the books. I was stoked when I saw you made a Halo-inspired beer, but then immediately bummed when I saw that it was an IPA. Would you ever make a maltier Halo beer or like a Sangali Blood Sour? Is, did I say that right? Um, that's the question. I mean, I... I again, it's, it's an... I, Is this from Logan? I, I subscribe to an anti-gatekeeping like, philosophy, so, uh, like, yes... A hundred percent. Like, I, I don't say no to anything. Uh, like, I'm not a Star Trek fan, but I'll make a Star Trek beer. Like, that's the thing. Um, so, yes. And, and honestly, I'm a multi-beer fan. Um, I, I would drink four multi-beers before I have an IPA. So, it's, it's, I'm sure it's coming down the pike. It's one of those things that I looked at our board and said, hey, we need another IPA. And it came out on the same day as the Halo series. So, I was like, I know what I'm doing. That and question that's, that's like Tom Cruise. He saw that we were releasing a session IPA for the summer called Maverick, and he was like, I will call the movie that. <laughs> Logan, that question reminds me of like organic chemistry. 
It's like the question, I don't even know one word in the question. Halo. Halo I'm thinking angels. Halo Halo is a video game. It it was the original game that made the Xbox very popular. Xbox. See, I I gave up at Super Nintendo. Uh, Hazy IPA. We had Intellivision. (laughs) Yeah, my thumbs got Remember that? And television, yeah. and you had the little yeah. disc. I know. And then your thumbs would get all sweaty, and the disc would be like you'd play. Oh it and my gosh! We run. used to play this game in our house. It was my oh, yeah. dad would yell at me to put something good on, or he'll be angry. I loved that game. I just keep turning the channel. Is this good, Dad? Is this good? Now I'm still angry. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This is for Reese, uh, and I guess you have to do this. If everyone on stage was a D and D character. Which ones would they be? So you got a class. You would be the bard. Oh my gosh! Oh, what is everybody else? Do you have dude? A classify us. Oh, so I I classify you guys. Yeah, oh, cool. you're yeah. the you're the DM. Oh god. Oh wait, we, we don't get to pick. We don't dungeon pick no, he's, dungeon he's, master. No, he's stating those... what we are. You're gonna tell us we what we would be. No, yeah. actually, I'm I'm, oh, more, okay. I'm more in favor with you telling me what you should no, be. No, no, I don't. No. Because, no. That's what Dungeons Turn and Mike Dragons up. is all about. Like, it's you get to be Do we who get to you make them want up? to be. Yeah, 100%. Oh, well, I, I had this superhero question once, and I thought a cool superpower would be, like, you show up in any situation, and everyone's just like, Mike, it would be coolness. Like, you're cool, and then everything that's heated, everyone's just like, that's cool. And, and they, don't, they stop fighting, and everyone's just mellow and cool. Sounds so. like you're a bard, too. A what? Uh, you're a bard. You're, you're a bard. You, you want there's, there's a D&D for that? Yeah, well, it's, it's the charismatic character. Everyone wants to be happy, and you want to talk you, people into good things. And, you got yeah. charisma. Yeah. Chir- uh, honestly, I, think I would say... Charisma. Charisma? When it comes down to it, most brewers, oh, I would I say, love pro- are, are probably bards. Like, bards? Right. Yeah, they, they are. They're, they're artisans, if nothing else. Okay. Like, yeah, they, they, right. they, they create things. Right. Um, I don't know enough some, about I would say, the... I'd say some of them maybe are like wizards. You what know, are the like other classes? Wizards. You've got bards, wizards. What edition do you want to hear? I don't know. Oh, the, man. The... So I'm, I'm a 3-5 person. So like going alphabetically, I, play, I believe I'll try not to miss anything. You have a barbarian. That's kind of self-explanatory. Kind of like that one. Yeah, okay. I mean, you, and then you have a bard. You have a cleric, which is kind of like a holy wizard. You know, they, they cast spells um, based on, like, their divine yeah, relationship. Pro- so far, that's Chris. Okay. I kind of like that. Uh, yeah, there's a druid. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, like, uh, if you're at Four-Eyed Guys, the Four-Eyed Guys brewers are druids, 100%. Yeah. Uh, are there any yeah. that aren't very smart? Um, yeah, the barbarian. Chris. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's what you said you wanted to be. <laughs> you did. You just said that. But I'm no, like a ex- smart one. Ex- explain to me why the Four-Eyed Guys are druids. Because my only understanding of druids is like they get their air in a can from the old Mel Brooks Spaceballs movie. That's a druid? Those are the druids. I'm a barbarian, but only because I'm being ironic, so I'm really cool. Oh, yeah. It's like the little guy that they call Tank. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I'm going to say that they're druids. Have you been to their tap room? Yeah. Look at all the plants that are growing in there. Oh, totally. Yeah, that's that's how I feel. So druids are like nature fighters is is, is really what it comes down to. Nature fighters? All right. We're only on D. What are we? Uh, Fighter is the next one, which is uh, about as self-explanatory as as you can possibly get. Um, Hopefully I'm not missing anything here. G-H-I-J-K. 
Elemental. Um, there's a monk. A monk. Monks. Oh. Monks are, cool. oh. uh, monks are monk. unarmed Not fighters. Yes, I want to be a monk. Monks are cool. That's what I would be. Uh, and uh, I would drink Saison. If you want to play yeah. a Jedi in D and D. I'm Chris Hendrick. I want to say Saison. Yeah, that's how I would talk. Chris, all throughout the fucking game. Chris, come back ah, to the game. I draw the natural twenty. Ah. I draw the natural twenty. Ah. Everyone will drink Saison. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. The monks. Monks are like uh, the, they're unarmed fighters mostly. Oh yeah. Um, they have then, no arms. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's I just mean, a flesh wound. Yes, they can kick Come at me. <laughs> They're good it, at kicking. It came yeah. unraveled on the last question. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, so uh, monks, uh, rangers, um, which are... Uh, they're, they're like the trackers or the wilderness guys. Mm. They, they specialize in like two weapons or bows yeah. and arrows. Uh, rogues, which are like your thieves. Like they're, they're the crafty individuals. Um trying to make sure I'm not S- forgetting anything. S-T-U. Sorcerers okay. and wizards are the last two. Okay. No. Um, it's, it's kind of a fine line difference. Sorcerers get their magic uh, from innate ability, whereas wizards learn their uh, magic through study. Cool. That's pretty good. That's a, well, that was a great overview. I hope I didn't miss anything. Yeah. I always thought I was a wizard, but I think I'm a sorcerer. I'm a monk. It's crazy. Freaking monk. Yep. Let's go drink some more Belgians. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's our show for tonight. Thank you. Thanks to our special guest, Reese Carlson from Natural 20 Brewing. Thank you. Thank you. And to Dave Boss Robin, Tim Hilton of Mountain Lakes Brewing Company. Thanks to our wonderful servers, Brian and Tom. <laughs> and thanks to all of you for being here. I am Chris Sendrick. Good night and joy be to you all. Drink up.